This is my favorite book from when I grew up. This or this? Now this is fun. So this is Bellingham. What is this? This is our sweet new girl. This is one thing I want you to know. Well, good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us for church, wherever you happen to be, in your home, in a coffee shop, in your vehicle right now. Uh, If I haven't met you before, my name is Grant, and I'm just really glad you're here. According to Google Analytics, which we know is never wrong, hope you note the sarcasm in my voice, the most popular wisdom in the world today, according to searches, is as follows. Number one, your life is your responsibility. Number two, the way someone treats you is a reflection of how they feel about themselves. Number three, life is all about managing expectations, most of all your own. Number four, when you know better, do better. Maya Angelou once said, do the best you can until you know better, then when you know better, do better. Number five, your work is your bond. Number six, work hard and stay humble. And underneath of that one was a whole other series of searches that I thought were amazing. Never forget your roots. Never forget the sacrifices others made on your behalf. Never forget how hard you worked to get where you are today. Never forget to say thank you. Never forget that everything comes at a price. Never forget to stop and appreciate just how far you've come. Never forget that who you are is so much greater than what you do. Never forget to pay it forward. And never forget that it's not always about you. Amen to that. And back to the other list. Number seven, just keep going no matter what. Number eight, release the idea that things could have been any other way. Number nine, listen more than you speak. Number 10, do what you're afraid to do. Number 11, be kind always. And number 12, my personal favorite, be nice to difficult people because you are one of them. (laughs) Modern wisdom has its place. I appreciate every single one of these sentences and the sentiment that goes along with them. But I've noticed something. I've noticed that ancient wisdom Wisdom that has stood the test of time and the test of life. Wisdom that has seen a little pain and deliverance incorporated into it. Wisdom that's more than just a modern opinion can actually lead you into a greater place of hope and joy. And that's what I hope you experience today. This weekend, we're going to learn from one single solitary life. We're going to pull up a chair and we are going to witness one person's wisdom and their failures, their victories and their defeats. We're going to have an opportunity to act on the history of their life and learn all together. King Asa, according to the Hebrew Bible, was the third king of the kingdom of Judah and the fifth king in the line of the house of David. The Bible says that he reigned in Jerusalem for 41 years and his reign dated between 913 BC and 873 BC. And from his life, we're going to learn some ancient lessons for our very modern times. Maybe you've heard this piece of wisdom before, right? It's not how you start that matters, but how you finish. Well, Asa started incredibly well. In fact, in your outline, I put it this way. Asa's whole life basically came down to this one point. Asa chose the wise path. 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 2 says this. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. What a powerful summary for someone's life, right? Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord, his God. I was walking out of a coffee shop just this past week. There was a person exiting in front of me, socially distanced. He's digging in his pocket for what I believe were his keys. When he pulled his keys out, 
a crisp $20 bill that was folded in half, floated out of his pocket, and landed right at my feet. And I thought, thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful gift. I thought, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. I thought, possession is nine-tenths of the law. Okay, no, I didn't. (laughs) What's good and right? What's good and right is, excuse me, sir, you dropped this. And I think he really appreciated getting his 20 bucks back. And in these days where everything just seems to be turned upside down, I'll tell you what. What is good and right and blessable stands out these days. I have a question. Can you put your name in the sentence that describes Asa's life? Can I honestly say, Grant did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God? Well, you can if you'll take this action together. We're going to choose today to walk the wise path. Not the popular path, not the pop culture path, not the socially acceptable path, not the politically correct nuanced path, not the easy path, not the leisurely path. No, the text doesn't say that Asa did what was good and right in his own eyes. Boy, we all know how, how painful that can be when we all do what's right in our own eyes. It says, no, he actually did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Asa understood something. His good was not good enough. His righteousness was not right enough. Your good is not good enough. Your righteousness is not right enough. My good is not good enough. My righteousness is not right enough. For the sake of of all things that are good and right, we need to understand that we are not walking on our own path. As followers of Jesus, we're to walk on the path of God. And God has laid out his path so implicitly and explicitly clear in Scripture. It's God's path, so I want to encourage you. Keep your eye on your own path. And don't be so arrogant to think that you can dictate someone else's path. Keep the focus of the ownership on the fact that it's God's path. Because here's what we know. The goodness and rightness of God always takes you down the right path. If you keep reading in 2 Chronicles 14, you find that King Asa ends up in a military conflict. I mean, it happens when you're the king, right? He comes face to face with a group of invaders. He's outnumbered and he's scared. Anyone else felt a little bit like that these days? Instead of relying on human wisdom, which would have said this, right? Human wisdom says, walk quietly and carry a big stick. Human wisdom says, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, be all that you can be. Instead of following human wisdom, he prays the wise prayer. You're going to start seeing a pattern. Choose the wise path. Pray the wise prayer. Here's Asa's words. Then Asa called to the Lord his God. said, Lord, there's no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name, we've come against this vast army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let mortals prevail against you. God, we are facing and we're outnumbered by an army and there's only one way for us to get help. We're putting our help and our trust completely on you because you're the only one who can deliver us in this moment. God, the powerless can't win unless you help us. God, there's gonna be no victory without you. God, I'm not even gonna engage in this battle unless you go first because the odds are stacked against me. But this is my prayer. This is where I stand. Help us, Lord, our God. We rely on you and in your name. What would happen if the church of Jesus prayed that this week? What if we took that action? Pray the wise prayer. Asa prays, and it's not Jesus help me prevail. It's Jesus, you must prevail. 
It's not God help my effort be enough. It's no, I rely fully and completely on your strength. I need more of you, less of me. My opinion in these days, we need less opinion and more prayer. In these days, we need less talking and more listening. In these days, we need less reply and a whole lot more rely. We need to rely on God more than we have ever relied on him before. And in order to do that, we're going to join together this Friday and we're going to pray the wise prayer. This Friday is our day to pray. We're part of a a community church-wide initiative where different churches have selected a specific day and they take that 24-hour period and they pray the will and the goodness of God over our county. We've chosen the fourth Friday of every month and this Friday happens to be the fourth Friday. I write a prayer guide and I, and, and I put it on the app and we post it there so that you can follow along with us. And then we want to encourage you to go to the CTK app. You can sign up for a 30-minute slot or a 60-minute slot. Take the prayer guide and what you can know is this. You're not praying alone. You're praying with the wisdom of Scripture and the wisdom of other believers who are coming together. We're gathering in the throne room of heaven and saying, God, we rely on you. We can't win this battle on our own. Would you fight for us? In these days, we need more God. I'll tell you what, that happens when we choose the wise turn. A godly friend and prophet shows up in Asa's life and he shares some wisdom with the king. Listen to what he says. He says, listen to me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin, which were tribes of the nation of Israel. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach and without the law. But in their distress, they returned. They turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. So a friend shows up and says, hey, Asa, I have a word for you. This morning, hey, Christ the King, I'm a friend, I I have a word for you. When you stay on the wise path, when you pray the wise prayer, when you choose the wise turn and turn towards God, God is with you right now. He's with you. And so that means when you're pressed by a vast army of critics and opinions and you turn towards God instead of turning away from God, he is there. And here's the amazing thing. Even if you make the opposite choice, even if you turn away, And think foolishly that you can rely on your own wisdom and your own strength. In that moment when you figure out that that doesn't work, even in those moments of unbelievable distress, you can choose to turn back to God. And his grace and mercy will meet you there. This text is stunning to me. It says, in their distress. The nation is in distress. In their distress, they turn to the Lord. They seek him And God doesn't play hide and seek. He's found by them. So this week I want to challenge you to to take this action. Choose the wise turn. Every day you can choose to turn towards God. And right now we need to do that more than ever. So that means in your frustration, turn towards God. In your anger, turn towards him. 
In your desperation, turn towards him. In your anxiety, turn towards him. In your loneliness, turn towards him. In your blessing, turn towards him. In your joy, turn towards him. In your happiness, turn towards him. Whatever it may be, turn towards him. I love this next section because it messes with my theology, my head, and my heart all at the same time. And it also describes our ancient world, or our modern world from an ancient perspective. In fact, I was startled when I read this for the first time and realized how closely it parallels the world that we're living in right now. In your outline, if you're following along, I called it our current ancient tension. Second Chronicles 15. Listen and be amazed at how closely this describes what we're living in right now. In those days, it was not safe to travel about for all the inhabitants of the land were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, one city by another. Because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. I mean, doesn't that sound like the world we're living in right now? It's not really safe to travel around. Inhabitants of the land are all in great turmoil. Nations are being crushed by each other. Cities are in turmoil. I mean, Laurel and I are going to Portland tomorrow. You can pray. That'd be nice, right? But this is so interesting. The Bible says... The reason all of those things were happening was because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. And you're like, what? God was stirring up the trouble. Why would God stir up the trouble? Well, let me give you one reason why God stirs up trouble. God stirs up trouble so that people will choose the wise path. So they'll pray the wise prayer. So they'll choose the wise turn towards him and not away you know, I've lost track of the number of times when I just felt, honestly, like God was messing with me. He was messing with me. He was exposing me. He was pushing me out of my comfort zone. And I was so frustrated. But it's amazing. When you have a little history and then have an opportunity to turn back, I realized every single time that God was stirring up trouble for me was because I was on my own path. I was not praying and I was turning to my own wisdom in my own way. And so in his love, in his compelling love, Jesus stirred up my life so that I would turn towards him, so that I would pray to him, and then I'd get back on the path where he was walking and acknowledge my need for him one more time. This is the question for all of us. Where's God in the trouble right now? Let's make it personal. Where's God in your trouble Could it be that, that God's not punishing you, but instead he's protecting you with his stirring? When was the last time you thanked him for that stirring? Have you thanked him for the trouble and turned towards him in those trying moments? I mean, when was the last time you thanked God for quarantine? When was the last time you thanked God for the unexpected lessons and blessings that have been poured out on you during the season? Last week, I, I just spent some time asking friends, hey, what are some unexpected blessings and lessons that you've learned in this crazy five months? Here's some of the most popular answers. One person said, I have been blessed with so much quality family time and I'm so grateful because my family was not on the right path. Another person said, I read a book. I've reopened my Bible in this season and God is speaking to me. Another person said, you know, one of the blessings that I didn't see coming was I, I picked up an old pastime. I started doing uh, an old hobby that I'd kind of just let 
disappear out of my life because I was just so busy these days that now I've re-engaged in it and what I'm finding is that God meets me at my workbench. God meets me on the strings of my old guitar. God meets me with that, that, that old artist easel that I haven't painted on in years. Another person said, I will never take family connection and relationships for granted anymore. And I heard from so many of you who said one of the unexpected blessings of this season is that I really believe I've connected to God in worship again. What a beautiful gift. I think it's so cool when God actually rewards us in difficult times. You know, we learned that from Asa's life. We learned that there's a reward to the wise. So if you are wise enough to actually look for the blessing in this season, this is for you right now, even though it's thousands of years old. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 7, but it's for you, be strong and do not give up. For your work will be rewarded. I found myself saying that a lot to, to people these days. Don't give up. Take that action. Don't give up. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your health. Don't give up on your future. Don't give up on your quest for more of Jesus. Don't give up on your church. Don't give up on your battle with that addiction. Don't give up the fight. Don't give up on heaven. Don't give up on your country. Don't give up on your godly cause. I mean, it's a theme that's just saturated through scripture. Don't give up. Stay in it. Press in. Press on. Because there's a day coming when God promises not just a reward for the wise, but rest for the wise. Listen to 2 Chronicles 15. They sought God eagerly. Oh, that could be said of us in these days. They sought God eagerly and he was found by them. So the Lord gave them, underline this word, rest on every side. Pastor Brian preached a couple of weeks ago so eloquently on this topic. And one phrase that he said has stuck with me for the last several weeks. Where there is true rest, there will have been true work. So churches, you continue to work. You continue to work out your faith with fear and trembling. I say to you the words of Galatians chapter 6, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I'll give to you Matthew chapter 11. Come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. So that's the action, right? Seek God. How do I do that? By choosing the wise path, by praying the wise prayer, by making the wise turn. And out of that, God gives me a beautiful gift, a reward of sweet rest. Let's keep moving into Asa's life because this next one, it's a little funny and it's a little awkward. I'm keenly aware of the fact that there are kids watching in the different living rooms right now. And so parents, I'm going to do my best to walk through this one, but it's a little awkward. Okay, so Asa, at another point in his life, has an opportunity to make the wise stand. He has to draw a line. And the line happens to run right down the center of his family. The Bible says this in 2 Chronicles 15, 16. King Asa also deposed his grandmother, Makah, from her position as queen mother because she had made a repulsive image for the worship of Asherah. Okay, I wanted to call this point messing with grandma because sometimes you got to mess with grandma. Okay, now stick with me. I said it's a little weird and it's, and, and it's kind of awkward, but I'll lay it out as best I can. King Asa's grandma made a twisted 
idol. Okay? It was sexual in nature because that's what the worship of Asherah was. Parents, I apologize. But because of what she did, because grandma made a poor choice, King Asa has to kick her out of the kingdom. Can you imagine that conversation between an advisor and King Asa? It's just like, hey, King, how'd today go? Not a good day. I had to kick out grandma. She was doing bad things. She was making bad stuff, and I had to draw a line. This is the point. Sometimes you have to pick the right fight. Hey, my favorite movie of all time is Braveheart. I love it. My favorite scene is when William Wallace is riding out to confront an army of invaders. His friend stops him before he rides off and says, William, William Wallace, what are you doing, William? His response, so classic. I'm going to pick a fight. Now, before you paint your face blue and do something stupid, listen to me, okay? Not every fight is a fight worth picking. Before you pick a fight with some, someone else or something else who just doesn't happen to think like you do or doesn't come into agreement with every part of your life, I want to encourage you, pick a fight with yourself first. Wisdom says, before you pick a fight with someone or something else, you've better confronted the enemy of sin in your own heart first. So if you are spoiling for a fight today, you're feeling kind of scrappy, here's my challenge. Pick a fight with your own anger and win that battle. Pick a fight with your own narrow viewpoint. Do some listening. Pick a fight with your own greed. Pick a fight with your own apathy. Pick a fight with your own tongue. Boy, how different the world would be if we would pick that fight. Pick a fight with your own self-righteousness. Pick a fight with your own sin first. It's amazing. I, I wish the story ended here, but it doesn't. Asa has walked a wise path up to this point. He's prayed the wise prayer. He's made the wise turn. He's even chosen to, to draw a line, and, and he's made the, the wise stand. But there's trouble brewing. And I think it's trouble that we can all relate to. You see, even though he had this beautiful track record of walking with God, not just working for God, but walking with God. There's something inside of him that's inside of every single one of us as a human. Asa begins to grow just a little bit independent. He starts thinking to himself, I, I can handle this. I, I've got this down now. And for the first time ever, we see a lack of wisdom. And it's interesting because it so correlates with where the world is today. Asa, the king, gets sick. He's challenged by an adversary that he can't see. He knows that he's sick, and he also knows that in his illness, he still has the opportunity to choose the right path, pray the wise prayer, make the right turn, and even draw the right line, but he doesn't. This was my question when I'm reading. I mean, with everything that you have seen in your life so far, Asa, about staying on the good path of God, why wouldn't you continue to trust him? When you've seen the beautiful fruit of those past choices, why would you choose to leave God out now? And I think I know why. It's because he's like all of us. He forgets that you have to choose the wise path, pray the wise prayer, make the wise turn, and choose the wise stand every single day of your life. 
You have to make those choices fresh and new every morning in response to the faithfulness of God that's new and fresh every single morning. Asa gets lulled into the belief that he's fine. I'm good. But he's not good. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord. You should underline that. He did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. Let me say it again. He did not seek help from the Lord, but only from physicians. Okay, this is not a statement on medical care. All right? Thank God for nurses and doctors and medical staff. I believe wisdom says this. If you're sick, pray to God and go to the clinic. All right? It's simple. But Asa makes a decision. He relies solely on human wisdom, and he neglects turning to God. And in that instant, he steps off of the wise path. He relies solely on human wisdom, wisdom that says you're smart enough on your own. So what's the lesson for all of us today? Don't step off of the wise path. Every day of your life comes with it an opportunity to put one foot in front of the other on the path of God. And the way that we stay on that path is by choosing the wise path, praying the wise prayer, making the wise stand and stepping fully and completely into who God has created us to be. So if I was going to have a moment today and, and, and preach the one thing that I believe God wants our church family and our community to know, I would say this. This right here. Choose the wise path. Pray the wise prayer. Make the wise turn. Turn to God every single day and make the wise stand. We're going to shift gears just a little bit right now and have a bit of a family moment. Over the past five, six months, you kind of lose track of time. At least I have over the past months. We've done everything we can as a church to try and walk the path of wisdom. In the middle of a pandemic, whether you believe the data that's presented or not, because we all get to have an opinion. In the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a vast army of opinions, we have tried as a church, to the best of our ability, to stay on the wise path and to operate with wisdom and grace and a heart not only for you, but a heart for our community. We have been challenged in unprecedented ways. Every time we came up with a plan, they would change the restrictions and honestly... This constant moving target has challenged every facet of the fruit of the Spirit in my life, being honest. I mean, as a follower of Jesus, these are supposed to be the markers of my soul. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Probably should underline that one. But I'll be honest, as, as we have tried to negotiate and navigate and figure out what it is that God is calling us to do, there have been times with these ever-changing restrictions that my frustration and my anger has been right up there at the surface. That's why I'm so thankful that as a team together, we've been able to, to hold each other in prayer, walking together and just said, we're, gonna, we're just going to stay on the wise path as best we can. We've tried to help people shift their perspective with better questions along the way. 
Let me share with you two questions, and I'm going to give you the two best answers that I've got. The first question has been this, probably the most popular question. When can we gather? When can we gather? I mean, when are you guys going to open the doors of the church? When can we come back together? That's a valid question, but I also believe there's a better question that we should be asking. In the meantime, while I'm waiting for the doors to open, how can I be Jesus in my neighborhood? How can I be, I be obedient to the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, let me answer the first question. When can we gather? Because it's an honest, valid question. My answer to the first question is this. It is our hope, okay? It's our hope to be able to open the doors here at CTK Bellingham on the weekend of September 12th and 13th. We're going to do some, some exciting things that morning. In fact, um, that whole weekend is going, to be, is going to be amazing because my wife Laurel is actually going to join me. We're going to put a sofa up here on the stage and we're going to do an Ask Us Anything weekend. That'll be crazy. You're going to text in live questions. We're going to gather questions during the week and Laurel and I are going to do the best job we can, totally off the cuff, to just say, here's a response. It's going to be fun. It'll be lively. We're going to have a lot of laughter, joy, maybe a couple of tears in there, but it's going to be an amazing weekend. As we open the doors and welcome back people into our in-house gatherings. But I also need you to know that there are some things that are going to be challenging for all of us. We're not going to be able to offer kids ministry at those services. Schools are struggling to figure out how to get this done. We're trying to figure out how to get this done. And so for right now, we're just not going to be able to offer kids ministry. We've made the decision to cap the attendance at those services at 200 people because we do want to maintain social distancing. And here's the reason why. It's because we love you and care about you. I would hate to have to think that someone came here and got sick. So we're going to cap the attendance at 200. You're going to have to pre-register in order to attend those services. And we're going to lay this all out for you. We have a website where you can go and you can block out four seats for your family or two seats or one seat, whatever it happens to be. So you're going to have to pre-register. You're not going to be able to just show up at the door unless you have a reservation. We'll unpack all of that as well. So we're going to have some, some obstacles to overcome. And while we're doing that, we're going to choose to stay on the wise path of godly humility and loving each other more than we love ourselves. I also want you to know something else, that, that as we continue to do in-person gatherings or reopen the doors, we will always be doing our online services. I love the live stream. You've been so faithful in it, and we're going to continue to do this as a both and, and I'm going to make a promise to those of you who are going to stay at home. We are never, ever, ever going to shame those who feel the need to stay home and watch on the live stream because you fall into a vulnerable population or you care for somebody in a vulnerable population or you've just made the decision to stay home. We're going to honor those decisions. We are never, ever, ever going to turn this into a faith contest because God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So we're going to do our best to do a both and. So whether I get to see you face to face or I get to see you through this camera, what I know is this. We're going to have an opportunity to be the church together this fall. So that's the hope, September 12th and 13th. 
That's the plan, but I need you to do me a huge favor. I need you to hold it like this, wisely, with an open palm, and to pray for God's favor in grace, in humility, because the truth is this. We might need to amend the plan. We've had to change everything else. We might need to amend the plan. We might need to change the course. But here's what I know. Even if we have to change the plan, God will be there. He's with us right now, wherever we happen to be. I am so grateful for the omnipresence of God, which means this. He's here. He's there. He's in cars. He's in coffee shops. He's with you on vacation in your RV. I mean, God is truly everywhere. We can never escape his presence. And that's what we're going to hold on to with wisdom as we continue to navigate these unprecedented times. That's the first question, valid question. When are we going to gather? God willing, September 12th and 13th weekend. And in every home and in every car, and in every coffee shop. Now I'd like to address the second question, which I actually think is a more important question right now. How can I be Jesus in my neighborhood? Because I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but the world needs Jesus. More now than ever. How can I be Jesus in my neighborhood? Well, we're going to give you an opportunity this week with a box of vegetables. I know it doesn't seem like much, but, but I mean, if you look at what God did with five loaves and two fish in the New Testament, pretty incredible how many people he can feed, and we're going to do exactly the same thing. So this week, as Pastor Julie already told you, we have a pickup time on the 24th, another pickup time on the 26th, another pickup time on September the 1st, and we're going to invite you to come, pick up a box of vegetables, and to hand deliver it, of course, safely, Right? You don't have to put it on the porch, ring the doorbell, and then step away just a little bit. But to give it to a neighbor that God has laid on your heart. Because I know this. The God uh, who can turn bones into armies. The God who can turn seas into highways. The God who can turn graves into gardens. Can take a box of vegetables and change the trajectory of someone's eternity. All he needs is some willing followers of Jesus to deliver a blessing. So I want to encourage you. In fact, our commons right now is full of tomatoes and cucumbers. I walked in this morning, I'm like, what is that amazing smell? It's incredible. We're going to give out of the abundance and the overabundance of what God is doing through our farm. And I want to encourage you to be a participant, to come alongside of us, and let's touch people in the name of Jesus this week. So there you go. Lots going on. More opportunities every week to choose the right path, to pray the wise prayer, to make the wise turn, and if need be, draw a line and take the wise stand. Would you pray with me as we close the sermon today? God, thank you for this message. Thank you for Ace's life. Thank you for all of the right decisions he made and thank you for an opportunity to learn from the one wrong decision he made. God, would you protect us from that? May we not be independent. I pray that we would declare more dependence on you this week. God, as we prepare to reopen our doors, would you give us wisdom and protection? 
God, I thank you that we now get to do a both and. I thank you that we're not in a situation where it's either or. But God, we need your wisdom. We need your leadership. We need your guidance. We need your goodness. We need your patience. We need your hope. So I pray in the name of Jesus as we choose to walk the wise path this week. I pray that you would meet us there and equip us for this season of our lives. We pray these things in the name of Jesus because he's the only one who can. Amen and amen. Thanks again for watching. We're so glad that you joined us today. Once again, we hope you'll get involved in biblical face-to-face community wherever you happen to be today. If you'd like more information about Christ the King Community Church, if you'd like to give online, or if you'd like to submit a prayer request, or even get connected in a small group, you can find out more about us at ctk.church.